Welcome to the Legacy and Faith Show, featuring estate and tax attorney, Paul Grant. The Legacy and Faith Show is about the journey of discovering how to create plans that protect wealth and family values for generations. And now the host of the Legacy and Faith Show, Paul Grant. Along with co-host Mark Holland, it's the Legacy and Faith Show with Paul Grant, once again looking at the biblical foundations of estate planning, the estate planning life cycle. Paul, you led us through that uh, study a couple months back, and you want to go back to that series, but look more at the spiritual and biblical foundations for that. Absolutely. And we've gotten through several of those. We got through, uh, well, why don't you tell us the stages we've already been through? Right. Well, uh, the first portion is exploration and education. We talked about finding wisdom. We talked about engage and create, which is step number two. So in other words, um, we need to engage at some point. Faith without works is dead, so therefore we have to have a plan. Financial integration is the next step. Whenever we talk about finances, we have to have the right perspective. So in estate planning, it needs to be blended into our plan. On a biblical view, we need to have the right perspective of finances and what the purpose of finances are for. Then we move into the continuation commitment, number four. Well, um, my firm is built off of relationship. It's a unique firm in the Pacific Northwest because I don't just produce documents. Well, I think that's very biblical. God is all about relationship. Mm. It is his passion to have relationship with a dying world and to draw all men unto himself. That was the very purpose of Jesus Christ coming to this earth, enduring the cross so that we may have relationship. And so the continuation commitment is about relationship. And then we talked about family reception. In other words, is your family, is the next generation ready to receive what we have prepared. So it's good to have an estate plan, but the documents themselves will not accomplish the entire feat. Mm. We need to have the next generation ready and poised to take the mantle that we hand them and do well with it. Mm -hmm. So this isn't just about creating a plan from wealth transfer perspective. It's also about wealth reception. And of course, we talked a little bit about wealth being, yes, it can be monetary, but let's not get confused at wealth only being about the bank account number. It's multiple things. Matter of fact, we're going to get more into that as we talk about life adjustments. And and then our last uh, segment next week is going to be about legacy fulfillment. And so we're going to talk more about wealth transfer um, as an ideology, but wealth reception as really the basis of everything that we're trying to do. Okay, so that brings us to number six this week, life adjustments, and life stuff happens uh, since it the, does, and you got to keep uh, adjusting things, and that's what this is about. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what it's about. Um, life does happen. We live in a fallen world, so I, I wish that um, our world was a little more predictable, but it really is not. And so not until our final destination of being called home, um, that's called death on earth, but it's called new life right. <laughs> when we get face to face with ultimate Jesus. Life adjustment. That's right. Yeah, right. That's right. But, um, but right now we need to be prepared and have and, and, and anticipate that life is not going to go as our minds want it to go. So in other words, I think a lot of us, and it's kind of the human nature portion of us, which is we want to live in an idealistic world. 
We anticipate that everything is going to work out exactly as we want it. We see ourselves with the kind of the George Washington death picture. Have you ever seen that picture? Mm, It's where George Washington is in his bed and he's got his wife, his kids, his doctor. Um, he's, he's got all, um, his best friends are, in other words, everyone is around his bed Mm. and then he passes away. That that's the George Washington death okay, picture, right. and that's, that's kind the of ideal. Death. That, that's kind of what we anticipate and we envision in our mind that it's going to be um, this this transition where everyone is going to be around us. And in the stories I hear, unfortunately, I have to deal with death quite often. It's actually quite a privilege to lead families through that process and be uh, hopefully a solidifying voice of hope and, and, and peace in that time of need. But um, it's amazing to hear the stories of how people ultimately really do pass away. And it's that George Washington picture is very, very rare, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry to bring you bad news, but that's what this life <laughs> adjustment is about, um, is that we need to be prepared that the ideology that we have in our, in our mind is actually not going to play out. So let's come back to some scripture. Let's look at a couple things about what the Bible says in retrospect to being prepared. Now, this could also be all the way back to steps one and two, which is the exploration and education and actually engage. So, but we're going to move it here, life adjustments, because the longer we live, um, then there is a greater chance that we are going to need assistance at some point in time. So we need to be prepared for these life adjustments. And remember what I just said in the family reception, is your family ready for this change, or is it just about you again? Have you created um, your own thought process, and we haven't communicated that back down to the next generation? So we know the story, uh, Matthew twenty-five, the parable of the ten virgins. I'm virgins. I'm not going to read the entirety. I'm going to paraphrase what this is, but you go back to Matthew 25 and you find out if I'm actually being a good steward of of relaying God's word to you or not, okay? So don't believe me. Go back to him. Um, So Matthew 25 to where it says um, there's 10 virgins. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. Well, what was the difference? The wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. In other words, they took the extra steps. Um, and so th- they actually went to the market. They actually went and did the work. They took their lamp. They went out and got prepared for the next step so that when the bridegroom came in the night, their vessel was ready. They were ready to turn on their light to receive and give the beacon back to themselves to be prepared. And yet the foolish, the unwise, they sat on their hands. They they actually looked to the ones who were prepared and had the audacity to say, hey, we're unprepared, so why don't you help us out? Give me some of your oil because our lamps have gone out. Mm. In other words, we have not been fully prepared for the journey that we are supposed to take. We haven't used wisdom. We haven't used our foresight to anticipate what we need in this journey called life. And then the wise said, well, sorry, but there's not enough for both of us. Why don't you go to them that sell 
in the marketplace and buy some for yourselves. Well, the problem is, is it's in the middle of the night, so they can't. And they're going to miss their opportunity to be prepared. And I don't want you to miss your opportunity to be prepared. I want you to have a conversation with an estate planner that you trust that will lead you to conversations with your family so that as an entire unit, you can be ready for life adjustments because, again, they will happen. As medical technology gets better and better, that's a wonderful thing, but, but, but diseases, illnesses that used to take individuals' lives um, back 50-plus years ago are Medical technology is now saving us. But the problem is, is that we're not being saved in the same quality of life after that illness or after that health incident. The quality of life takes a dramatic step downward. And that's really the life transitions that we are talking about today. We need to be prepared for life transitions that that the ideology of how we're going to live this out is not exactly perfect. If we go to Proverbs chapter 6, starting in verse 6, consider the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. So there it is again. There, the five virgins were wise. Now we're talking about the ant. Why? Because they just constantly work. They never give up. They're always in motion. And so this is what is wisdom, which is they don't have any guides, um, but they provide for summer and they gather food um, in the harvest season. In other words, they are prepared for times and seasons that are not going to be as wonderful and wealthy and, and as rich of life as what you may be experiencing right now. We need to be prepared for times. In other words, we need to be diligent and vigilant when we have that opportunity. And so, um, so this section of scripture in Proverbs says, so shall poverty come as one who has travailed and your wants will be as an armed man. So in other words, you will find yourself in poverty and extreme want if we are not diligent while we consider what is wisdom and what we are trying to accomplish and be prepared. And again, my whole um, philosophy is that it's not just a document that is going to save the day. You need more than a document in estate planning. We need to have a biblical perspective that a family conversation is absolutely necessary in order for us to be successful. And the success is that we're well taken care of. The success is that we've communicated exactly what we want. So I'm in the middle um, of, we call them annual client meetings. So in my firm, my clients commit to getting together once a year. Now, this is a group meeting. It's not an individual meeting. It's a group environment. And so, so far, I've had about 35 in two different meetings, and then we're going to have the remaining 100 individuals flow through another uh, four meetings here over the next couple of weeks. And the purpose of 
the annual meeting is to bring new information, bring things that we've been working on as a firm to our client base so that they can be better prepared, so that they can hear exactly this message. As a matter of fact, what I've been talking about with my clients is exactly what I'm talking to you about today, which is that there will be a life transition and the document is not going to save the day, so are we ready? And in the firm, what we've been doing is we have been adjusting a specific form. It's called um, a letter to our healthcare agent. So it's a letter that I have my clients fill out that talks about life adjustments. So in other words, when life happens, when an illness comes upon us, when something happens that we did not anticipate, then Here is a letter that provides and gets the next people ready so that, for example, do you have any allergies to medications? That would be a good thing for your family to know, not just to be typed up someplace in your medical records. We want that knowledge. If you needed assistance, what does that look like for you? Do you want to be taken care of in your home? Do you want to be taken care of in a facility? And if we needed to move you to a facility, if we needed additional care, whether that was for permanent sake or whether that was for a short period of recovery time, what are your values considering that type of an institution and that type of a care? Would you want an institution or a care facility that has Christian-based philosophies? Or is that something that is not as important to you, you would want to be making sure that the health care is the most important thing or activities are important. So this letter to health care agent has been uh, updated in our system. And so what I want to do here is we walk into break. Because you have now endured my voice for a period of time, I'm going to give you a great bonus, which is if you go to my website, legacyandfaith.com, on the far right, you can click on contact us. If you go there and you give us your email and you let us know that you would like the newest document, the letter to healthcare agent, we will send that to you without charge because it is this important that you have information. Life adjustments are coming our way. And are we prepared? The Bible says that the wise are prepared. So I want to give you listeners as a gift the opportunity to participate in something that we are doing internally for our clients, which is I want to get you this letter to healthcare. It will allow you to start um, concentrating and thinking about what are the things that we need to be prepared for as a family. But then I want you to take that form. I want you to fill it out and I want you to, um, to have a conversation with your family so that the document doesn't sit on your desk. It doesn't sit on your shelf, but it's something that is used as a tool for this life adjustment period. So head over to our website. There's um, all the past podcasts are there. We have educational opportunities coming up. Get involved, get prepared, and then um, hit that contact button. And we are going to send you, um, without cost, a gift to you just for listening to the show and getting onto our website at LegacyInFaith.com. Okay, some of the heart of Paul Grant. It's the biblical foundations of estate planning and the life cycle. Uh, We'll continue the discussion in just a moment. 
Can I avoid probate? Will I lose everything if my health becomes compromised? How do I preserve what I have for me and my family? Will the government take it all? This is Paul Grant with the Legacy and Faith Show. These are some of the most common questions we get on a daily basis, and there are solutions for all of these issues. It is time for you to protect your family and what God has placed under your stewardship, and we can help. Go to LegacyandFaith.com to find out more about our services and upcoming educational opportunities. That's Legacy and Faith. Many families realize that with the passing of each generation, their family legacy is disappearing and they're feeling regret. To alleviate this heartache, Memories Worth Telling writes their family story and creates a beautiful heirloom book to preserve their unique history. Go to MemoriesWorthTelling.com to schedule your initial consultation and learn how they can capture your legacy. Once again, that's Memories Worth Telling. Your photos, slides, scrapbooks, and home movies are invaluable and irreplaceable. Barry Kenny here with The Bear Services. Call us to save them as digital files to be stored electronically and shared liberally. We will even come to you so they stay in your possession. Go to thebearservices.com for more information. That's thebearservices.com. We now return to The Legacy and Faith Show, featuring estate and tax attorney Paul Grant and continue today's practical discussion to apply biblical principles for kingdom purposes. Along with co-host Mark Holland, looking at the biblical foundations of estate planning, the life cycle of an estate, and uh, up to number six this week, life adjustments. Life continues to go on. Life happens. And you implied there, uh, Paul, that one of the most uh, common adjustments is that uh, health concerns happen. People live longer these days, and we need to be thinking about how to handle those things before we move on, before we pass on, right. we're still going to potentially have some problems that we want to make sure are as uh, smooth as possible. Absolutely, and that our family is ready for those adjustments. Mm-hmm. And so, um, again, the document doesn't save the day. Um, conversation and family preparedness does. So, as I just mentioned before break, head over to LegacyAndFaith.com, click on that contact button. Let us help you uh, as a listener. Get our letter to healthcare agent. Ask for it. We're we're happy to send it out. This is too important to um, for us just to sit on it as a firm. So we've spent a lot of time in reworking this specific portion. So let's take a step together, just as the initial part, which is get this get this document so that we can begin to help your family. You know, and in talking in life adjustments, we know that in Luke. 14, Jesus said, for which one of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and consider the cost of whether they have enough to finish it or not? So in other words, we need to constantly be um, considering where are we today and what does our future hold? And so we need to be prepared. Uh, Proverbs 24, 27, as I turn my page here and find 27, prepare your work where are we? Prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. So let me say it again. Prepare everything. Get everything ready for yourself. So there's a call to action. There's a call to be prepared in the kingdom of God. And then after you are prepared, now you know what the vision is and you know how to build 
not just the foundation, but the entire house on top of that foundation. But we have to stop. We have to have the conversation. We go all the way back up to the exploration and education of step number one. We need to have the conversation of how do we get prepared because it's more than just dying. It's about being prepared in the seasons of life that because we live in a fallen world that we need to be ready and we need to be prepared. I want to talk, though, just for a moment, that I don't want this to all be in a negative connotation. And as a man of faith, I want to encourage you in your faith right now in life adjustments. So I'm going to move it away a little bit from the estate planning side, but they still are just so interlinked. They're still so connected that I want us to see some of the things that Jesus was talking about as it related to life incidences. And the bottom line is that Jesus is always calling us to faith. And so as we've talked about and as we get prepared, the one thing that I want you to be more prepared with concerning your plan of attack and as you consider your ways and as you prepare things and how to build your house, the thing I want to call you to is How are you doing in your journey of faith more so than how are you doing with your estate planning documents? See, estate planning documents are a great way to ensure that the family is prepared, that we can transfer ultimate accounts and wealth to the next generation and set them up for success. But I don't want our discussion today to be absent of a call to faith. Um, I looked at Lazarus and the story in John of when Jesus was found out that his friend Lazarus was sick. And it it always puzzles me. He stayed for a couple days after he heard the servant come and say, your friend Lazarus is, is sick. And Jesus's proclamation was, well, it's not unto death. So it's okay. <laughs> and And then, as we may know the story in John 11, it unfolds that Um, that indeed Lazarus dies. Now, Martha, as Jesus then made his, meandered his way back to where Lazarus was, Martha came out and she removed herself from the circumstance of what was going on at the place where Lazarus had died. So let me give you that picture. Martha and Mary were surrounded by mourners. They were weeping and wailing Uh, And in those days, it was not uncommon to have actual professional mourners. They would actually come out and they would just hoop and holler. And, um, and it would create an environment that was, um, that was just despair at its greatest moment. So I want you to hear this very clearly. That's what happened in the natural. And Jesus actually um, was telling his disciples, we have to go wake up Lazarus. And his disciples go, oh, well, it's so great that he's taken a nap. He probably really needs it. He'll be rested and restored. And Jesus, I can see Jesus. Do you see that um, uh, that person who kind of puts his hand against his forehead and slaps his forehead and closes his eyes and shakes his head? Mm-hmm. Um, so I see Jesus doing that. It's like, oi, um, no, you guys aren't getting it. So he says plainly, Lazarus died. Well, that's an interesting statement because verses before, Jesus said, ah, this isn't unto death, but it's so that the uh, Son of Man can be glorified. And then verses later, he goes, he died. 
Well, isn't that a contradiction? Oh, no. No, it's not. Because Jesus was acknowledging what took place in the real world, but he was focused on his faith that said, I know my calling and I know my position, and there is a greater work to be done in the supernatural than there is in the natural way. So Martha then runs out. Remember the story earlier that we have in other Gospels that Martha was the one who was diligently working, and yet Mary was at the feet of Jesus, Mm -hmm. and she comes out and she goes, Lord, tell Mary to help me. And he goes, Martha, Martha. Right, right. Whenever Jesus says your name twice, you know you're in real trouble. Um, and so, uh, so now she's the one who leaves the normal circumstance and runs out to to Jesus and says, "If you were here, my brother would have been saved." And Jesus, in essence, says, "Do you believe?" She goes, "Yes, I do." Fine. Then I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall live. And later in that chapter, he said to to Martha again, he said, I told you that if you just believe that you shall see the glory of God. So all of this to say that there are things that happen in the natural. In Romans chapter 4, we talk about Abraham and his journey of faith that uh, Paul um, captures for us and really gives us understanding. He says that not being weak in faith, Abraham, not being weak in faith, he considered his own body. That word considered means to intensely exercise the mind and consider the facts. So he considered not his own body that it was a hundred years old, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had been promised, God would also perform. Now, look, in the discussion point today, I don't want to get off center from the truth of God's word. And the truth of God's word is that faith is here. We have been given the phenomenal gift of the cross. We have been given the promises of God's word. It is truly my belief that faith can overcome every circumstance in this world and that he has given us a phenomenal gift of walking alongside of us so that we can be prepared. Now, we need to be diligent in God's word. So that's my greatest call to you. Let's be diligent in the things that are practical and consider our ways, but be more diligent in building up your faith. Do you anticipate that there is sickness or you're concerned about disease? Get in the scripture and research how God's promises of faith are available for you today. So let's not miss the greatest point. Jesus Christ is alive. He is empowering you to walk this journey of faith. And so I call you above all else to faith. Okay, and remember to get that special uh, letter to healthcare. That's right. Head over to legacyandfaith.com, mm-hmm. click contact, a healthcare letter um, uh, to your agent, ask for it. We'll send it to you without charge. Legacyandfaith.com. Always great stuff this week. Once again, looking at the biblical foundations of the estate planning life cycle with uh, Legacy and Faith uh, uh, host Paul Grant this week on KCIS. Thank you for joining us for the Legacy and Faith Show. You can find more information about the show and Paul Grant at LegacyAndFaith.com. 
Join us next week at the same time as we learn to build God's kingdom and continue our journey on how to protect wealth and family values for generations. All discussions on the Legacy and Faith Show are intended to be about general legal issues. If a situation applies to you, then we encourage you to seek specific legal advice. Please do not rely upon any discussions from this program in place of having a personal relationship with your attorney. Any listener question that may have been answered also does not constitute legal advice and does not establish a client-attorney relationship.